close for good. All right, I got the thumbs up. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. How you doing? Yeah? Yeah? All right. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I'm excited for the new year. I, I really am. And I'm excited to get, spend a few minutes today talking about our family devotionals. Now, how many of you have not heard a little speech on family devotionals before? Raise your hand. Have not. Okay, very good. So that we'll do the accelerated version and we'll do the advanced version, okay? Uh, we were going to do a little skit up here and uh, go through. You, you, you've seen those skits before about the how not to do a family devotional. And those are all a lot of fun. And, and maybe some of us are a little too familiar with those because they happen regularly in our house. But um, we'll do that another time. We just we run a little bit short on time. Um, but, you know, we wanted to show that skit because we wanted to make sure that we all identified with the reasons that it's hard to have family devotionals all the time. Right. It just gets hard to do it every week, to make sure we're disciplined about it and to get it done. So we're going to do a couple of things this year to help you. One of them uh, is, was mentioned, uh, I think, in the leaders meeting. I don't think it's been mentioned in this meeting yet that we're handing out family devotional books on Wednesday night. I think they're coming Wednesday. What they are, uh, books that will give uh, 52 weekly devotionals, family devotionals uh, for kids. There's two books. One is for little kids and one is for preteens and teens. And uh, that'll be uh, just a great resource for you dads, especially to go, uh oh, it's family Devo night. What am I going to do? So uh, anyway, we're handing those out Wednesday night. The other thing we want to do is just keep it in front of you as one of our D's. OK, so. All right. It's it's is everybody coming on back here? looks like there's a little activity there. Everybody with me. Just say amen if you're with me. All right. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Deuteronomy chapter six. Got to read this one. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses in gates. And when the Lord brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful you do not forget the Lord. You know, Steve talked a little bit about that, how our nation is, and, and that quote that we saw earlier, was all about forgetting the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's one of the great things about this passage is that it's been rehearsed by every Jewish child since this was written. Um, you think about Judaism and how old it is as a religion and how distinct it is as a religion and how easily identifiable its followers are and how much it passes from one generation to the next, after the next, after the next. Why? It's because of this practice. This, this verse here is called the Shema. And I'm no Hebrew scholar. I read this on Wikipedia, okay? So it's called the Shema. And what it is, it's this daily mantra that they teach their children to pray. And this verse is all about who I am and who my God is. And this is the thing that's kept these Jewish children, generation after generation, identifying themselves with their religion 
with their family, with their heritage, with their people. Family devotionals are our Shema. All right. We do a lot of things. We do a lot. We go to church. We have kids kingdom. We have play dates with other family uh, Christian kids. We pray with our kids at night. But our family devotional is our Shema. That's the thing that identifies us. This is what we do. This is who I am. This is where you get to teach who your family is and what you're all about. It's a statement of identity and acknowledgement of God being our God, our only God, and none other but God. It's, uh, it's when we teach uh, our children to pray. This is the God that we're, we're teaching them to pray to. You know, one of the very interesting things about adopting a child from a non-Christian country is that when we would pray, he would look at us and like, you know, try and pick our head up. Like, what are you doing? You know, we'd, we'd, okay, let's pray. And he'd just be like staring at us like, who are you talking to? Uh, when we adopted Nico. Remember that? And uh, he'd just be, he couldn't figure out what we were doing. Um, you know, little kids who are born into our homes, they, they see it and they kind of figure it out. But these kids are introduced to it. And it was just, it was, you know, a light, boom, 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 blazing. And the kids need to be taught to pray. They need to be taught to connect to God, our Heavenly Father. Um, is it any wonder that Christianity in America is fading? You know, that Christianity in Europe has gone, essentially. Because we don't practice in our home what we preach from the pulpit, and what we say we believe. Family devotionals, we've got to have them. It's our opportunity, our Shema, our chance to do the same thing. Let me give you a couple of ideas here. One of the things that we've started doing in the last uh, couple of months is we've started having family devotionals with other families. Uh, we've had the Shumps, uh, the Palazzeris, and the Chows uh, at our house, and we've gone to their house uh, just about every Sunday night for the last couple of months. We had a few off nights because of the holidays. But uh, it has been so fun to get all of our teenagers and Tally <laughs> uh, together to read the Bible, to have a meal together, to pray, to sing. Uh, we went out to the coffee shop or the yogurt shop one time. We played games other times. But every week we're doing this and it's building in our children this sense of who I belong to. This is my family. These are my people. This is what I believe. Um, it's, it's a great opportunity. Let me just invite you, families, if you're struggling with family devotionals, find another family. Say, let's have our devotionals together. Kids the same age helps, but it's not necessary. You can do all kinds of stuff. Find another family. You know, most of us who have a hard time having family devotionals also have a hard time having discipling times on, on a weekly basis. You can combine these events in some cases. Have dinner together, the parents talk, the kids play. If your kids are old enough, this can work. If, if they're not old enough, you might need to have another time to, to get with your, your, uh, you know, your discipling couple there if your kids are too small. But this is a great opportunity for you to kill two birds with one stone, as it were, and sp- make sure you're spending great time with another couple and great time with your kids in a family devotional. Um, it's been so fun doing this. It's been so great. Nico has just blossomed. He's our only one at home anymore, but he's just blossomed and opened up to these other, not just other kids, these other teenage kids, but the other parents as well. And he's building those relationships and those connections. So let me just encourage you, if you're you're stuck, if you don't know what else to do, do this, because this really, really has been great and awesome time uh, with what we're doing. 
Um, let me move on to another point here. And this, this guy's is so important. Let me just talk to the dads for a minute here. Okay, dads, can I talk to you for a minute? Now, dads, what's your role in a family devotional? You got to preach, baby. You got to preach. Whatever that means. If your kid is three, you got to preach to a three-year-old, right? How do you do that? Enthusiastically, joyfully, opening up the Bible, knowing, knowing what you're saying about God, helping your kids understand. If your kids are teenagers, it's a little bit harder. Teenagers don't like you preach to, but whatever it is, dads, you got to take, take ownership here, all right? You got to grab this one. The book is for you on Wednesday night. The Shema is for you to make sure it happens in your house. Um, let me share a verse in Romans chapter 10. And Steve plowed a lot of this ground for me, so I'm very grateful because your hearts are all ready to hear this now. So that's awesome. In verse 13 of Romans chapter 10, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We want our kids to be saved, right? But how then can they call upon the one they believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, guys, dads, this scripture is for you. How, how in the world is your, gonna, your child going to get the seeds of the kingdom planted in their heart if you don't teach it to them? You know, Karina and I are uh, getting ready to do a garden this spring. We, we're back into a regular house with a real lot, and we can actually make a garden. I don't know what I'm doing with a garden. I'm the grunt work. She's the brains. Okay, so we're going to do a garden. But as I understand it, with a garden, you need to find a sunny spot. You need to plow the ground or prepare the ground so it's ready. You need to actually plant seeds in. You pour water on it, maybe a little fertilizer. Every once in a while you come back, you weed it out. I read this in a book, Steve. That's how I know. You pull the weeds out. You keep the rabbits away, whatever. But it takes a lot of work to, to grow a garden, right? And this is kind of a metaphor for raising our families. We pick a sunny spot. We make sure our parents, moms and dads, are close to the Lord and a little bit radiant to the Lord's glory. Right. We we uh, find we work, we prepare the soil. You know, kids come with pretty soft hearts, but sometimes there's some issues you've got to work through. Pull the rocks out. Uh, we water with it with encouragement and daily application of the things that we're learning. We fertilize. We pull out a few weeds from time to time. We chase away the distractions and the rabbits from time to time. But imagine doing all that work, all that grunt work of planting a garden and never planting a seed. Wouldn't that just be ridiculous? What if we just said, I have a great garden here and I just hope a really good seed lands on it because I want to grow this kind of fruit. I mean, that would be ridiculous. And yet some of us as families, this is what we're doing. We come to church. We have a relationship with God. Moms and dads do. Our kids play with other Christian kids. We we, uh, you know, chase away the video games and the movies that aren't good to watch. And we do all this stuff. And yet we never actually get around to planting the seeds in the soil. Dads, we've got to plant the seeds, all right? It's up to you. We've got to plant. We want something to grow, right? We've got to make it plant. You know, it's, you know it's, let, me, let me say one other thing about that. Your kids are wired to trust you. And your kids are wired to expect you to tell them everything they need to know 
to make it out of your house alive and to make it in life, right? What happens if your kids leave your house and never hear from your own lips how important it is to follow God, how important it is to love God, how important it is to repent of your sins, how, how much alike you are the rest of us with sin in your heart and things that need to be worked through. All the important lessons of being a Christian, if they don't hear it from you, what does that tell them? Now, I grew up in a non-Christian home. You know, I, I don't struggle over my parents not teaching me the gospel because they didn't know it. They didn't practice it. But you, you're here. You've already said, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer and I'm a disciple. And I'm a hardline disciple. And if you're not teaching it to them, what is that saying to them? You know, when we don't do at home what we profess at church, we build insecurity into our children. We build lack of confidence into our children. We build a little darkness into our children where they think that they have to hide and they wonder what they're supposed to say and act like. We have got to be consistent at home just like we are at church. We've got to show them that the word, like Steve, that passage in Isaiah 55, that the word once planted will always return a harvest. That we trust the word, that we trust the discussion, which is really just discipling, right? Our little discussion in our family devo is just a discipling relationship. So we've got to trust that that works and demonstrate that it works. Um, guys, dads, preach the word. Plant the seeds. Don't go to all the trouble you're going to to build this garden and never plant a seed. Let me close with this thought. There's an old saying that God has no grandchildren. What does that mean? That means that our children are never going to get close to God because of us. I mean, I, didn't, I said that wrong. They're never going to get close to God through us. They're not going to become Christians because you go to this church. They're not. Now, if you don't go, it's going to hinder them for sure. But the reason they're going to become Christians is because you teach them how to love God. You teach them that they can do it. You teach them that all the struggles that you've had, they'll be able to overcome. You teach them that God has a hope and a vision and a plan for their life that's better than anything else out there. You've got to teach them that they have to have their own personal relationship with God. If you're not in a weekly devotional with your kid or some facet, something like that, some schema of your own, how in the world are you going to teach them that? Brothers and sisters, it is so important that we make this a priority in our homes. We worked with a lot of families whose kids are doing great, and it's just automatic. Family devotionals. Oh, yeah, we did that all the time. And great memories. You know, all the good things about it. We can talk a lot about the benefits and all the things that are there. But I just want to appeal, you, appeal to you in the short time that I have that we've got to make this happen in our homes. Our children will not inherit our relationship with God. They're tempted to rely on it. They'll be tempted, they'll fight it, you'll be tempted to rely on it, but it's not going to happen. They have to develop their own relationship with God. Let's not be a stumbling block to them by not teaching the word to them. Amen? Let's look forward to the great things that God will do. You know, there's three things about the harvest that I love. Again, I'm not a heart farmer. I read this in a book, Steve. But from the Bible, you can tell that you reap what you sow, right? That's in the Bible. So if you plant good stuff in your kids, you're going to get good stuff out of your kids. Amen? You reap later than you sow. Right. You can't expect to reap something today and harvest tonight. Right. It's going to take time. It's going to take repetition. 
And the final thing that's cool is you reap so much more than you sow. Jesus said if a seed dies and gets buried in the ground, it produces many seeds. And you think about corn. You put a a tiny little seed of corn in the ground, and what do you get? Tons of corn, right? You plant a little tiny seed in, boom, apple trees, apples for 30 years, right? Thousands of them. We We get so much more back than we invest when we plant these seeds. Brothers and sisters, let's make sure we're doing our family devotionals, we're planting our seeds, and doing what God expects us to do as moms and dads. Amen? Amen.